topic of our Dhamma talk this Satna evening is realizing the Dhamma. And Satna, remember almost Satna a month ago, we started on Satna with Satna, the very basics, namely of what? The basics of? Uh, yes, the practice of? of mindfulness, the four establishments of mindfulness. There you go. So it all started very simple. And certainly the summary instructions given back then, according to the Satipatthana Sutta, were here retreatant abides contemplating the body in the body, ardent, clearly comprehending and mindful, having put away covetousness and discontent for the world. And our retreat and abides contemplating feelings as feelings or in feelings, ardent, clearly comprehending and mindful, having put away covetousness and certain discontent for the world. And one abides contemplating mind as satna, mind ardent, clearly comprehending, and mindful, having put away covetousness and discontent for the world. One abides contemplating dhammas as dhammas, ardent, clearly comprehending, mindful, and satna, having put away covetousness and grief for the world. These were the very basic initial instructions. And Satna, all of you have followed Satna these instructions, and Satna, along the way, a number of other teachings were given that are also relevant to the practice of Satna Satipatthana. As such as restraint of the senses, indriyatna, samwaratna, sila, such as well, the precepts themselves, so sila, and so on. Now, when one diligently and wholeheartedly takes certainly these basic instructions from the Satipatthana Sutta to heart and that one actually applies them the moment after the moment of one's waking hours then a certain process will get set in motion a certain development that will take place. And this certain development, or quite certain, some development has certainly taken place in all of during this one month period of June. Now, the retreatants here have gained good mindfulness their uh, concentration has certainly strengthened over time and certainly then intuitive wisdom started to arise in very simple ways discerning the specific qualities of whatever predominant physical or mental object would certainly arise. 
Also, uh, effort has certainly increased over time, and certainly then you know, faith also deepened more and more. Now, with this development, then all of you have learned to discern between physical and mental phenomena, and you've also learned to discern to discern that certain physical and mental phenomena are connected by cause and certain effect. And then, with a further deepening of the practice, it suddenly became very obvious that the same range of physical and mental phenomena is subject to well, the three universal characteristics of impermanence, of unsatisfactoriness, and non-self. Now, Soon after this, you have realized that that not just difficult mental states arise in the stream of consciousness, but also quite a number of wholesome ones. And suddenness among others, illumination was there, and suddenly keen, unerring knowledge arose, and suddenly then joy, and suddenly then tranquility, and suddenly happiness, and suddenly then based on these, a determined suddenly faith, adimoka, as well as a strong effort, bhagaha. And suddenly with this, then also the mindfulness got certain even or mindfulness became quite evident as well as certain equanimity now this then paved the way for a further development namely of fitness seeing those same physical and mental formations quickly arising and suddenly passing away and suddenly this time not suddenly influenced not overshadowed by the earlier so-called sudden imperfections of fitness insight now with further practice, then other forms of intuitive knowledge have arisen and have helped to change your view of what is happening within as well as the view of the world. Now, when a retreat goes on, observing whatever predominant object arises and his or her practice then deepens even further and the controlling faculties are strong and well balanced, the enlightenment factors are also strong and balanced, then sooner or later the um, eye of Fatna wisdom uh, will open. And then uh, at that certain point, a further 
item from Dhammanupasana Satipatthana, namely the instructions on the mindful contemplation of Dhammas, namely on the Four Noble Truths, comes to apply. And those instructions are one knows as it really is, this is Dukkha. One knows as it really is, this is uh, the arising of Fatna Dukkha. One knows as it really is, this is the cessation of Fatna Dukkha. And uh, one knows as it really is, this is the way leading to the cessation of Fatna Dukkha. Now, these are instructions given for the noble the four noble truths and so when we first practice the first and second noble truth will be accessible to any meditator however as for the third and the fourth they remain somewhat unclear inaccessible because one's level of wisdom is just not up to that mark. However, when this crossing over takes suddenly takes place, namely crossing over from mundane consciousness to supermundane consciousness or to in the words of the verse from the Chandana Sutta crossing over the flood so difficult to cross, then we cross over from one shore and we cross over the flood of defilements to reach the other side, namely the safe of freedom from mental defilements. So with this crossing over, then comes a very profound understanding of and intuitive understanding of the third and fourth noble truths. Now, the term dukkha is mentioned in the context of each and every of these four noble truths, and it's worth to know its literal meaning. Venerable Analayo in his book, Satipatthana, has proposed the following etymological explanation, namely, the word dukkha can be derived from or consists of two parts, namely du and ka. Now, in the Sanskrit language, ka means axle hole of a wheel, and du, which equals dus in Sanskrit, then means difficulty or badness. So then when we combine these two, du and ka, it becomes dukkha, and suddenly then it literally means an axle not fitting properly into its hole. Or, figuratively speaking, it means disharmony or friction. Now, 
another you know, way of interpreting you know, this you know, term you know, dukkha is you know, as follows again based on the sanskrit do is as certain you know, given earlier you know, difficulty or badness and then star in sanskrit means standing or abiding so when we combine these two do and star you know, then it means standing badly or uneasiness, being uncomfortable. So in a more in a general manner, then the term, the Pali term, dukkha, can be rendered as unsatisfactoriness or, as oftentimes is the case, as suffering. Now, sometimes Buddhism is Buddhist Buddhism in general, and Buddhist meditation practice is being accused of being about dukkha all the time, and thus rather pessimistic. But is this really the case or not? Now, the Buddha. With regard to the realization of the Four Noble Truths has this to say, as is recorded in the 35th collection, the 56th collection from the Samyutta Nikaya, Sutta number 35, translation by Bhikkhu Bodhi. It is fitting, O oh, meditators, for a clansman intent on his or her good to accept the offer. For what reason? Because this samsara, so the cycle of birth and death, is without discoverable beginning. A first point cannot be discerned of blows by spears, blows by swords, blows by axes. And even though this may be so, or bhikkhus, bhikkhunis, and retreatants, I do not say that the breakthrough to the Four Noble Truths is accompanied by suffering or displeasure. Rather, the breakthrough to the Four Noble Truths is accompanied only by happiness and joy. What for? The noble truth of suffering, the noble truth of the origin of suffering, then the noble truth of the cessation of suffering, and the noble truth of the path leading to the cessation of suffering. Now, this certain passage is certainly intriguing, and so. Um, when you know, this realize, when this crossing over you know, takes certain you know, place, you know, then you, in retrospection you, know, you might certain you know, take a closer you know, look at certain you know, the experience and certain you know, check you know, for yourselves whether um, you know, it certainly you know, is accompanied you know, by you know, suffering or accompanied by joy and happiness. 
and Satna also what are you know, the other you know, qualities uh, that Satna happen to uh, accompany you know, the experience. Now, with regard to you know, the you know, four you know, noble truths, it certainly is further said by you know, the Buddha you know, that certainly the first uh, you know, noble truth has to be you know, fully you know, understood you know, by direct you know, knowledge. So you know, it is by direct you know, knowledge you know, that we have to understand you know, that the five aggregates are subject you know, to clinging and uh, you know, thus you know, they are you know, suffering. And so, it is certainly said you know, with regard certain to the second certain noble truth, namely the truth of the origin of fitness suffering, that so, this needs to be, uh, there are things that need to be abandoned. And so the things certainly that need to be abandoned by direct certain knowledge are ignorance and craving you know, for you know, existence. And so in other words, certainly the origin you know, of, of fitness suffering. And certainly then you know, there are things to be you know, directly or realized by direct you know, knowledge. And so you know, this is certain true you know, knowledge and certain liberation. And it is certainly with certain true knowledge and certain liberation that certainly we gain a glimpse of Nibbana. Then, um, as for the fourth and last noble truth, it says there are things to be developed by direct knowledge and certainly um, so it is certainly through serenity and certainly insight that certainly the um, you know, path to the cessation of fitness suffering you know, then you know, takes place. Now, in the Visuddhimagga, in its Satna 16th chapter, we find two rather profound verses about the nature of the four noble truths. And so there it says, and I'm quoting the translation by Venerable Nyana. Moli, mere suffering or unsatisfactoriness exists. No suffer, no person to suffer is found. The deed is, but no doer of the deed is there. Nibbana is, but not the man or woman that enters it. The path is, but no traveler on it is seen. And the second verse, the first truth and the second truth are empty of permanency, of of joy, of self and certain beauty. The deathless realm is empty of an ego and free from permanency, from joy and certain self is the path. Now, when it comes to you know, the realization of uh, you know, the Dhamma, you know, then 
mm, the question arises whether this is a gradual experience or a sudden experience. And quite some discussions have taken place over the last maybe 10 years on this topic. Now, in the Majjhima Nikaya, its first volume, section 479, it says, Bhikkhus or Bhikkhunis and lay meditators, I do not say that certain final knowledge is achieved all at once. On the contrary, final knowledge is achieved by gradual training, by gradual practice, by gradual progress. The Panitya for this is Anubhubhasika, Anubhubhakiriya, Anubhubhapatipada, Anya Radhana Hoti. Now, what certainly happens certainly is that certainly we have to um, uh, practice. We you know, we have to underdo, undertake you know, this you know, practice of the you know, four establishments of mindfulness, and certainly we have to keep at it you know, day after day. And certainly we have to lay a foundation, then we have to build on this and build some more and more and more. And certainly eventually, when the mind has been purified of the defilements to some extent, then the realization of the Dhamma takes place. And certainly the realization itself is a rather sudden process. And so involving very little time and involving actually just a few moments of consciousness. So what we have is that certain Theravada Buddhism proposes it is a gradual development as the necessary or a gradual development is a necessary preparation for an eventual sudden breakthrough to realization. And so in one of the texts, namely in Majjhima Nikaya, Volume 1, Section 104, we have this beautiful illustration or simile of a hen sitting on her eggs. And so all she needs to do is just to sit on her eggs and in an unrelenting manner. And then when time is or conditions are ripe, then the chicks will hatch all by themselves. And the hen 
you know, herself doesn't have to do much more than just uh, sitting on you know, those certain uh, eggs. Likewise, as certain uh, meditators, all we need to do, you know, we need to you know, spend certain time sitting on our Zafutna you know, and spend certain time you know, doing walking meditation and you know, being mindful during you know, general activities. And so, you know, then sooner or later, you know, when the conditions are right, you know, then realization will you know, take you know, place. So, a Dhammapada verse, namely number 239, expresses this in a rather beautiful manner. It says, by degrees, little, by little, from moment to moment, a wise man or woman removes one's own mental defilements as a smith removes the dross of silver or gold. So we just need to keep at it patiently and then gradually it will happen. Now, Nibbana has certainly been referred to as certainly the bliss, certainly supreme Nibbana Paramam Sukham in the Pani scriptural language. And certainly then a person who has not yet certainly experienced it might certainly say, well, I can't relate certainly to this. The statement may be right, but where is certainly the actual experience? And does it really exist or not? Now, the answer to this is certainly as certainly follows, namely, Nibbana does not certainly exist to those who have not yet certainly experienced it. However, it does exist for those who have experienced it themselves. So it is certainly a reality, and certainly actually it's one out of the four ultimate certain realities, Paramatsatna Dhamma. Now, this certain state of Nibbana can not certainly be understood through intellectual activity. We can you know, try to think about it as much as we like, we're not going to you know, really understand what it's you know, all about. Reasoning, logical reasoning also, you know, will not you know, do you know, the job. Or you know, we might you know, decide to you know, read plenty of books about it, and this too you know, will you know, not you know, work. So. The realization of Fatna Nibbana goes beyond our ordinary means, and it's just a different type of reality.
Now, some of its certain qualities have been described as certain being eternal, dua in the Pali scriptural language, because it is a state that is available at certain any time to those who have perfected the mind and made it receptive to this experience. And then it's also said to be a desirable state, as well as a happy state, sukha. And certainly it is a state that is certainly said to be birthless, ajata, and certainly also decayless. And furthermore, deathless, amata, in the Pali scriptural language. The Venerable Sadhu Pandita has certainly pointed out that this state of Nibbana also is a state of freedom from sorrow, asoka, in the Pali scriptural language. Now, as human beings, we will have surely experienced some amount of sorrow. And so it is always a possibility for sorrow to come up. But is there really any way to be freed from it? And so Nibbana is just this, namely, in the experience of Nibbana, there is no sorrow whatsoever. It is a state beyond sorrow. It is also a state that is free from any kind of dust and pollution. And thus it is known as Viraga. So it is not polluted by mental defilements. Now, as human beings, we strive or we well, you know, crave for security. We try to you know, build as much security in our lives as possible you know, through external means. But uh, is this really always working? And so the only you know, true security you know, that certainly exists is that of Nibbana, and certainly there, even in the face of dangers, security is certainly present. Now, this state of Nibbana has also been referred to as certainly a state of a non-sensate type of happiness, Avedita, Avedita, Sukha in the Pali scriptural language. Vedana, you will remember, has to do with feelings and Sukha is a happiness that is not based 
on the senses, on our normal six senses, namely the eye sense process and or the seeing sense process, then the hearing process, smelling, tasting, touching, and knowing process. So Nibbana is an experience that goes certain beyond these certain things and certain thus again is certain very different from our ordinary world of experiences. Now in the book or text known as the questions of King Melinda, the Melinda Banha, the question has been debated whether Niban, whether there is a certain specific location in which we can find this Nibbana. So is the experience of Nibbana available to all of humanity only here at the Forest Refuge? Do you think so? <laughs> <laughs> Not. And that answer is correct. So it's not a matter of any specific location. It's more a matter of ordering one's life and setting it right, being grounded in virtue, and then to pay close attention to whatever predominant object comes up in the body and the mind. And then, sooner or later, the experience of Nibbana becomes a reality irrespective of whether we happen to be here at the Forest Refuge in Barrie, Massachusetts, or maybe in Alexandria, Egypt, or maybe in Indonesia, or in Thailand, or Burma, or wherever it might be. Now, some of the classical definitions of Nibbana have been given as certain follows. One very well-known one is from the Samyutta Nikaya, the 38th collection, the first discourse, namely, destruction of greed, destruction of hate, destruction of delusion. This is certain called Nibbana. Then the Sarata Pakas Nasini in its second part, section 398, states that it is Nibbana that is called the cessation of the six sense spaces for in Nibbana, the eye with which we see, the ear with which we hear, etc., sees and perceptions of form, sounds, etc., fade away. 
So a state of certain cessation of the six certain sense, certain bases. And certainly then in two other texts, it certainly is certainly being Nibbana is being referred to as a stilling, a stilling of all cognitions. And certainly this certainly then uh, and in the Majima Nikaya, its first uh, volume, section of 38, we find the following statement. There is an escape from this whole field of perception, and the commentary then glosses that this is an expression for Nibbana. So the escape from the whole field of perception. And certainly Nibbana then being the cessation of fitness suffering. Now, Nibbana has been classically defined as certain possessing the character or having the characteristic of peace, and its function is given as deathlessness and certainly its manifestation as signlessness. And signlessness is. or this word or this term is certainly chosen because the experience of Nibbana can not be described with our ordinary words or cannot certainly be understood in terms of the signs of our ordinary world. And it's, so, it's something you know, that goes certainly beyond our normal uh, experiences. Now, in the Samyutta Nikaya, its first uh, volume, near section 159, near there is a short certain uh, verse in, in connection with uh, Nibbana. There it says, with unshrinking mind, uh, a meditator endured uh, near the pain, like the quenching of a lamp was uh, near the deliverance of uh, near the mind. And uh, near, so, near this quenching of a lamp is certainly not certainly to be understood as the active blowing out of the lamp or the flame, but certainly rather a quenching owing to or an extinction of fire owing to a lack of fuel. Now, when a meditator follows the instructions given on Satipatthana and supplies these diligently and wholeheartedly, then and certainly keeps at the practice for an extended period of time, then sooner or later the experience of stream entry becomes a possibility. 
And as the venerable side Upanita Bhimams of Burma has pointed out, and as is also the title of one of his earlier publications, namely in this very life. In this very life, this realization can take place. There is no need to wait for some new existence to come. And it's something, it's a realization that we should not postpone, but rather try to achieve as soon as possible. Now, with the attainment of the path of stream entry, certain changes take place once and for ever. And one of these changes consists in a cutting off of the three courses of the fetters and those fetters are the personality view, doubt and adherence to rules and rituals. Now these three fetters correspond in terms of mental defilements to the mental defilement of wrong view and doubt. And then according to the commentaries, but also according to the Satipatthana, the Samyutta Nikaya, envy and avarice get uprooted from the stream of consciousness once and forever. Ever. Now, once Satna one has entered Satna the stream, then it means that it leads irreversibly to Nibbana. Now, with this certain particular experience also comes the major change, namely that unshakable faith or confidence or trust arises in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. And so, and so further, benefit that is not to be underestimated is certainly that of the door to Abhaya, namely the states of loss, then gets certainly closed. And prior to this realization of the Dhamma, attainment of the path of stream entry, once rebirth was certainly still not assured. So depending on how much wholesome or how much wholesome deeds one has performed, then one would certainly either gain a favorable or maybe less favorable rebirth. Now, 
all of this satna changes with you know, the attainment of uh, you know, the path of you know, stream entry and uh, with this you know, one satna rebirth uh, is um, uh, very uh, very clear and uh, not in one of uh, the uh, states of loss. So in this case, one will be reborn seven times at the most in the human and celestial worlds. Now another quality that is being attributed to a stream enter is Satna that his virtue becomes well unbroken, untorn, and Satna then unblemished, unmottled, freeing, and Satna then praised by the wise, leading to concentration. And the Sarata Bhakasini the commentary to the Samyutta Nikaya even says that one no longer violates the five precepts. Now, whether all right, before we go into this, so unshakable faith is certainly one quality, and certainly then uh, also you know, the Samyutta Nikaya mm, 55, so the 55th certainly collection, you know, discourse certainly 33, gives yet another you know, attribute, namely the attribute of a stream enter, you know, that of certainly discernment. And it says, again, because Bhikkhunis and Satna lay the meditators, a noble disciple is wise, possesses wisdom directed you know, to you know, arising and passing away, which is noble and penetrative, leading to you know, the complete you know, destruction of Fatna's suffering. Other you know, qualities of uh, stream enter have been you know, given, and these are interesting in you know, the Samyutta Nikaya 48, 53, you know, where it says you know, that a stream you know, enter is you know, totally committed you know, to you know, the Dhamma and also intensely interested in listening to you know, the true you know, Dhamma. Now, when you contrast this to a person who is new to the Dhamma, this person may or may not find a discourse on Dhamma to be very interesting. And on occasion, boredom might arise. Now, 
with the arising of Vodna, a very profound intuitive Vodna wisdom, namely the wisdom of Vodna stream enter, one can then understand a Dhamma that is profound and not easily grasped by others. And in this regard, the Venerable Sadhu Pandita, on one occasion during a Dhamma talk in Burma, mentioned that a stream enter knows, or at least gets a certain sense, whether another person has entered the stream or not. So, based on one's own experience, one can then see from how others speak and what they say and their general conduct, whether they have possibly had such an experience or not. Now, Yet another quality is that when one hears a discourse that is well delivered, one will be filled with joy and rapture. Now, as a stream enter, naturally the mind will be inclined to the Dhamma. However, this doesn't mean that one becomes an irresponsible person and one then no longer takes care of one's worldly responsibilities. And so both of these go hand in hand. Now, um, should uh, <coughs> I'm sorry, should one have gained um, this uh, um, realization of stream entry and certain indicators for that exist, then one should be very careful not to believe it right away. And rather wait and put this experience to a test. And so uh, in order to you know, figure out whether you know, one has really you know, gained you know, the Dhamma or not, you know, one you know, should you know, check you know, whether, you know, whether you know, the practice has been or whether you know, one has gone you know, through all you know, the insight you know, knowledges and you know, then you know, whether really you know, the practice is quite you know, complete and you know, a significant amount of equanimity is you know, present and you know, then one should carefully check you know, whether you know, there is an unshakable faith or confidence in the Buddha, in the Dhamma, in the Sangha and you know, then uh, also so uh, a virtuous conduct, and is one you know, really you know, meticulously observing you know, the precepts, not just on retreat, but also off you know, retreat, and not just for a couple of weeks, but uh, you know, for you know, several you know, years. And so, you know, the Venerable Sadhu Panita Bhivams of you know, Burma has uh, um, you know, you know, ruled you know, here. You know, you know, 
he does not make up in his mind. He does not come you know, to any firm conclusion on whether a person has gained the Dhamma or not, but you know, rather he'll wait you know, for a period of seven years and we'll see how this person is doing. And then the answer should be there. Now, a meditation teacher may, by listening to the reports, get a certain idea of what's going on in the meditator's practice. But essentially, the meditator has to decide for himself or herself whether the Dhamma has been gained or not, and the teacher should not make a mistake to pronounce any any attainments of of a student. And this has to do that at the time of the Buddha, there was a Brahmin who was given instructions, and if I'm not mistaken, by an elder Sariputta. The result of this was that the man was reborn in a Brahma realm. And so, uh, even you know, though he had the potential you know, to become a stream uh, enter. And certainly so, so you know, this then had certain you know, consequences. So apart from you know, the Buddha, you know, there's no one you know, to, you know, to come up with a clear you know, decision on you know, whether a person has, uh, you know, a meditator has attained or not. And so at the time of the Buddha, he was approached many times by his disciples, and they would ask him typically, what about certain person so-and-so? This person has passed away, and in which, how far or up to which level did he or she attain the Dhamma and were in which realm has the person been reborn? And since these questions were asked many times, eventually the Buddha gave a discourse which is known as the mirror of the Dhamma and thus people then could use this mirror of the Dhamma Sutta as a reference point to figure out whether they have attained the Dhamma or not. And the factors that mentioned there are again having unshakable faith in the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha and certainly then uh, impeccable virtue. Now, if one has certainly gained, if a retreatant has possibly realized the uh, or realized that uh, the Dhamma has certainly uh, seen uh, the four uh, noble truths and certainly uh, then the retreat ends and certainly uh, goes certainly uh, back home, uh, then it would be totally out of place uh, to uh, boast uh, about certainly uh, the experience. 
and certainly so as certain meditators we're trying to develop humility as much as we can and certain spiritual practice is not to increase our pride and certain conceit now with this much allow me to conclude today's certain dhamma talk by wishing May you know, the practice of you know, the you know, four establishments of you know, mindfulness you know, may it you know, lead you, you know, at least you know, to you know, the you know, attainment of you know, the you know, path of stream entry, you know, which you know, takes certainly bana as an object. And may this happen you know, during the remainder of you know, this very retreat, if not. You know, May it happen sometime in the future during this sudden very life. And this is it for now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.